Welcome to the PNW Peak Baggers podcast, where you get a chance to hear from some of our members and learn more about climbing and mountaineering in the Pacific Northwest. I am Bill Goodgen. I am the founder of PNW Peak Baggers. I'm your host. Today, my guest is Bob Bolton. Bob's been a member of PNW Peak Baggers since October of 2019. So, kind of an OG. We started the group in um november of 2018 so he didn't join too long after that um and i don't want to say og because he's an old guy um but so uh bob welcome how you doing you look great i love the the background photo you got there tell us about that background photo too sure uh i'm doing great and it's good to meet you finally yeah uh, yeah, that's uh, looking sort of southwesterly from the summit of Mount Spickard in the North, in the uh, Chilliwack's North Cascades, and yeah. uh, from 2011. So 2011, shots like that one. Yeah, what a beautiful photo. Yeah, you got to be proud of that one. So, um, man, you have, you have a long list of accomplishments. So, um, as I told you before we jumped on the call, I tried to memorize some of the stuff, but the list is pretty long. So I'm just going to read it. Um, I think it's pretty impressive. Um, and then we'll jump in, we'll have some conversation and we'll just see where it takes us. So, um, I think that the, one of the, the coolest things is your first peak at Mount Pilchuck in 1951 at the age of four. That's pretty cool. Not a lot of people can say that they were peak bagging at four. That's a great start, right? <laughs> um, yeah. do, you have, you have, do you have any comments about that before I jump, go any further? You know, it set the direction of my life uh, yeah. in some ways. Um, it just seemed like the right thing to be doing after I got a little older and, uh, and, you know, my dad was a, a great role model for me in that regard, too. So it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're focused on prominence. So, you know, most of your accomplishments and uh, a lot of what we'll talk about today is about that. So you, you kind of started focusing on the state high points in like 1992, right? And you started working on Colorado 14ers in 94, um, suddenly you discover all these other peak bagger lists in 2000. Um, you started climbing all the Oregon, uh, County high points in 2003 or completed in 2003. You completed the Washington County high points in 04. That was completed on Bonanza peak, right? Um, then you completed the Continental U.S. Ultras in 2008 on Mount Cleveland. Um, you completed the Oregon P2K Peaks um, in 2010 on Big Craggies. Then you completed the Continental U.S. Top 100 Prominences in 2011. Completed the Continental U.S. State High Points in 2012. Um uh, completed the Oregon Top 100 Prominences in 2013, completed the Colorado 14ers, um, and the Continental U.S. P4K. Yeah, I only got 27 of those. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Oh, all right. So, lots a lot, man. How, how, many, uh, how many total peaks do you have? Do you know? Yeah, 1,200. I was just looking, looking at that uh, this morning. Uh, 1,200 exactly right now. 1,200. <laughs> wow. Unique, unique peaks. Yeah. 
that that's crazy and and yet while you started uh you know your first peak at uh four i mean you really didn't start going after peak bagging until later in life right it's not like you were climbing in your teens and 20s um it was kind of later right well you know the, the the starting point was basically just after some backpacking trips and stuff like that i finally did mount whitney in 65 with my dad and uh, that was my first ultra my first state high point first everything but then i didn't do much you like you said until 2000, well, really 2002, I just was off and on, you know, I did a few things a year, usually sometimes. And you were living in, you lived in the Midwest for a while. Also, you lived in Chicago, right? Well, I got married in Chicago, but we actually were living in Florida. So that, oh, wow. Okay. Nothing getting done down there, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, no, I came back in 73. And it still wasn't until oh, at 75. Of course, I climbed pre-eruption St. Helens, which was which, uh, which was a fabulous experience. And, Such a uh, beautiful mountain pre-eruption, oh, yeah. Just fabulous. And and then, of course, kind of off and on from there on until 2000, uh, when I started thinking about doing other lists, because I, I discovered them then uh, through a friend that I had met online, no less. And um, then in 02, I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this. So by the time I was 55 years old, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's that is a little bit of a later start what why okay i'm gonna do this what what prompted that de decision for you to focus on it well i i've been spending a couple of years on a couple of the forums uh uh that were a uh, group forums you know on on the internet uh the, one forum was the county high point forum the other one was i uh, started out in 2000 itself uh, uh edward earl was one of the members of that county high point forum i think i started that forum in about 98 or 9 and uh he started the prominence forum in 2000 and i just jumped right on it because i've always been interested in mountains i love mountains i love measurements i love comparing i love you know the whole nine yards and uh when he started that group i just said this is great this is like pioneering you know, this isn't being done. Uh, and there's a few people and uh, that are kind of starting starting this out, but there's not that many. And so to me, it seemed like a great opportunity to kind of be a pioneer in something. Yep. And so I, I got this uh, County High Point book from Andy Martin down in Tucson, Arizona, and I noticed in there that imagine, he, imagine that a book in, yeah people are going uh, young younger folks are, uh, what <laughs> well I, mean, I got i've got the the, the, the becky guys too you know I, I haven't seen them in, in digital yet but no at, in that book he had the county high points listed for all the states and then he also toward the end of the book had the top 50 prominences for all the the states as well when they have any you know, that, are, that are worth worth thinking about actually it was the it was the yeah top 50 no, no matter how many there were if there were over 50 p2ks he just dropped them off but if there was less than that he added some p1ks to it anyway uh and about the same time ken jones who's from seattle area and I were starting to work on the top 400 list. And we were using that book to, to glean the information. And that was in about 2000, probably three or four. 
And so he's leading the world on that list now, as far as I know. There might be somebody that surpassed him. But uh, yeah, I think there is a couple of guys that have surpassed him, but he's right, he's ahead of me. And so that that was kind of where I started thinking about it, but it wasn't really uh, an active thing with me until 04, when I finally went out and did a peak because of its prominence. That was Round Mountain up there by, up there by. Yeah. Uh, and and when you do that, when you decide to go do a peak like that for prominence or for any other reason, you are now officially a peak bagger. <laughs> Before that, I thought I was uh, because I'd go do a couple of three peaks a year, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm a peak bagger. Yeah, well, actually, for me, it was a little bit different even than that. Uh, I, I was I was intrigued with with Selena's comments about uh, if, what she thought of as peak bagging and mm -hmm. a little bit different take on it. Everybody has. Yeah, that. no, I I, I was going to ask you that question. What What is your definition of a peak bagger? It's always interesting to hear how people describe them that and if they include themselves in that description. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I, as you say, sometimes people shouldn't. Or if they want to protect themselves against uh, <laughs> who, who badmouth us, uh, they maybe shouldn't. But in her case, she just said, if I recall correctly, she said something about just want to do as many as I can. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a little different. When I found the lists in 2000, I started thinking about this. And when I finally started doing it in 04, to me, it was defined as working on lists as opposed to just going out and climbing. And you can pick your own list. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what kind. I, you know, there's all different kinds of categories of lists. But when I started working on lists, that's when I became a peak bagger in my own mind. You know. Yeah, true. That I mean that that, that does seem to stand out that that people are working some list, multiple lists at you know the same time often. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Um, uh, when you think about the hundreds of peaks that you've climbed, what do you, uh, is there one that you're most proud of or one of your prominence lists that you're most proud of? That you, you say, that really was the pinnacle for me. That was the one. Well, of course, if you want to talk about just peaks, um, it's a little hard to pin down one of them because I'm proud of so many, but on the other hand, you know, you're looking at a person who, who um, isn't a great skilled, uh, you know, genius climber. I'm a scrambler, and if if I want to do something a little tougher than scrambling, I make sure I have a skilled person with me, and and uh, you know, they they can take care of the technical stuff that I'm not so good at, and that way I can I get stuff that I wouldn't otherwise ever do. So examples of that were Grand Grand Teton, uh, you know, Granite Granite Mountain or Granite Peak in uh, Montana, the high point in Montana was that way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, White Horse Mountain up there by Still Guamish River that was that way, uh, and and of course Bonanza, and uh, so those are the ones that stand out for me, the ones that I needed help with. Olympus, the same way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I find I, I find this really interesting because I have a lot of people that I've climbed with or that I'm familiar with that tell me some, a similar story to that, that th their confidence and their technical skills may not be that high and they need help or 
they're even often uh, afraid of exposure. Like that's a common thing to hear from people that you would expect with the number of peaks that they've climbed, that they've sort of, that they've somehow overcome that fear. And a lot of people are like, no, no, never. I've never overcome it. I'm still scared when I, you know, get in a place where I have a lot of exposure. It, do you have that at all? How, how is that for you? Well, I can imagine being on, on an El Capitan face <laughs> and, and, and being just scared out of my wits. Uh, but I never struggled with Don't Peak Summit. Um, I didn't struggle with uh, with Bonanza. I didn't even struggle with Grand Teton. But of course, I had some really good help there too. So, uh, so those those places where you might think that exposure would be tough for a non technical sort like me, uh, it really hadn't bothered me. So, no, I, it's not the exposure. It's how skilled do I have to be to to do this well especially if i did it try to do it by myself um and and frankly i've always been afraid of rock climbing uh and and wall climbing because my body my body's weird i i i get <laughs> i get i get cramps if i hold a position with muscle too long I, it'll cramp and this is what you don't need on a face you know? yeah it's funny i i i am a terrible rock climber i'm fully uh accepting of that and um, maybe I, I'll invest more time in it. And I, I think of myself as only wanting to rock climb to get over a summit block. And that's it. I like, yeah. that's the only reason that I would even try and continue to hone my skills any further on rock climbing. Yeah. It's not an end in itself. That's for sure. It's you got to get the summit. Yeah. Yeah. So is, uh, think, think about, uh maybe one of your most what was the most physically demanding climb that you did one that really took took it out of you and what was really tough either f- physically or mentally or both well gannett peak in, in wyoming of course the high plant of wyoming is a long backpack in and out and the way we did it up over bonnie pass uh from uh from the uh uh over well it used to be called Dinwiddie Pass the way we did it that was a major effort on just that one day and we started I think it was around 5 or 5 30 in the morning or maybe it was even earlier almost still dark and we didn't get back to well after dark and so for and but and that at that time frame I was only 45 so you know uh I thought I was pretty tough and I should be able to still do young. <laughs> yeah but uh Man, I tell you, that took it right out of me. We slept in till maybe 10 or 11 in the morning after that. <laughs> but uh, that was tough. Uh, Olympus is a beast. Uh, long way in. Uh, we only had four days, so we had to come all the way out in one day. Um, and uh, so yeah, there, there's there's a, a number of others, too. I mean, Rainier, I, when I did Rainier in 67, <laughs> I actually beat John Roper by a month. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I bet you tell him that regularly. I did mention it to him one time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I did it, you know, I wasn't in great shape. I was, I was uh, just uh, taking the mountaineering, basic mountaineering course at, at, at college with from my uncle and aunt, and uh, that was one of the graduation climbs. And so Mount Hood was the other one, and so. So I I uh, just was pushing myself to the nth degree to get to the summit and 
get all the way back out of there before dark. So, yeah. Well, so is there one that you, that jumps out at you and say, man, I never want to climb that one again. Yeah, <laughs> most of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a peak backer. One, yeah, one and done, right? <laughs> I, in 1992, I climbed Mount Hood for the last time. I had climbed it a number of times. And uh, my wife went with me in 92, one, one of her two major summits that she ever climbed with me, St. Helens being the other post-eruption. Post and uh, after that, I said, no way, I'm not going back to Mount Hood, even though it's in my backyard. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done with repeats. Well, I've done a few since then, of course. But, um, you know, uh, I... I, when I think about ones that I really would not ever think about doing over again, one of them is uh, North Palisade down in the, down in California. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, that we had Greg Sladen with us. You know, he's six foot five, and the the, uh, the 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 gully we were climbing, which is a standard route, that thing had been so melted out by uh, by September that uh, we there was the chalk stone that we ran into it there was was totally unclimbable and so what we had to do was we had to step you know work our way up onto the shoulder of a tall person and greg played that role and <laughs> and and that was the only way we were able to do it well besides there's other other issues with uh with with north pal but it was a it was a fabulous climb i mean don't get me wrong i just won't ever go back you know there's no chance and there's others like that too yeah yeah, I, uh, I'm not big on repeats and I don't get that excited uh, when people even ask me. I, I mean, I would be the same. I, I don't need to do hood 35 times or 40 times to feel like I, I, I have accomplished anything there. Um, you know, it's just not high on my list to go do again uh, either. And no. most 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 of the mountains that I've done, I would be the same way. I'd be a reluctant participant to go back. I, I do it to help a friend. Yes. who really wants to do it and it's really important to them but other than that there's so many peaks to climb it's like yeah. i mean i don't want to tie up a weekend um doing something that i've already done again unless it's to help someone else so I yeah and i will help somebody else and my friend Dwayne, uh you know he's there's a p3k we're, we're working on the top 400 that i mentioned earlier uh promises in the lower 48 and and uh you know i've I've got some he hasn't done. He's got some I haven't done. Um, uh, so I offered to help him with a cup with one, well, no, two or three, I guess by now. Uh, he hasn't offered to help me with any. Well, no, he did. He he, <laughs> he actually helped me with Big Craggy this this last this last year this this summer. So, uh, but you know, nobody's stepping up to offer to do Jack Mountain with me. Uh, <laughs> 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 it makes me think of a question i was thinking about earlier um when you first started your started climbing and pre-social media and all these forums that you had access to uh through the internet how did you find your climbing partners or was it just i had a couple of people that i climbed with and that's who i climbed with there was a club uh in oregon also one in walla walla where i went to school uh, college uh, that were kind of climbing oriented, outdoor oriented, climbing oriented. And I joined those two while I was uh, in their area. Uh, and uh, they, they, one, I think the Walla Walla one might still be uh, functioning, but the one in Portland died out. And I've never really joined the Mazamas. I never really joined the Mountaineers. Um, uh, in fact, I had a 
good friend in the Mazamas who I've worked with for years and years and years. And he uh, he's a senior climb leader. And when he died way too young at age 61, um, you know, I said, yeah, I'm going to join the Mazamas because I want to climb North Sister and I haven't done it yet. And uh, I need, a, I need a, a team. Well, I found out that they wouldn't even publish their climbs of North Sister. It's kind of a dangerous little bugger or big bugger, whatever. And also, you know, they, they required you in order to even get considered for a climb, they required you to do their intermediate course. And I was, by the time I was going to do this it was 2009. And, you know, I didn't, I just didn't, wasn't up to taking intermediate courses. So, yeah, it was hard. I, I that's why I've, I've done so much with one guy, Dwayne, you know, you, you if, if anybody looks at my stuff, my, my, I've done almost 400 peaks with Dwayne Gilliland and, and he's just a great friend. And, uh usually right now we have pretty much the same goals we're working on the same lists we have about the same progress on them so yeah well when you uh, obviously when you find someone that you have good rapport with and you trust um that's that's everything and it's sorry well i was just gonna say it's hard and it's interesting in PNW Peak Backers because this comes up all the time and we have a chat now that's for finding partners and people would often send me messages and say, hey, I've posted in the group multiple times about looking for partners and nobody responds or nobody sends me a message. Why is that? And a lot of times I would tell them it's a big risk for someone to go out with someone that they don't know for the first time, not because it's unsafe for people to be, you know, together and unsafe. Like I need to worry about that person causing harm to me, but it's uh, not only making sure that you both have the same technical skills, but it's moving at the same speed, making the same kinds of decisions about, uh, risk tolerance and compatibility. You're out together for hours. If you're a talker and the other person's not, <laughs> or vice, you know, you got two introverts or, or an introvert and extrovert mixed, uh, that could be a disaster. And and some people just are like, yeah, I'm good with my, <laughs> I'm good with my group. So a, a lot of times the the best way those connections happen is. I know somebody I've been with them and you have a, you have a friend in common and then I, that allows you to bridge that gap. And then suddenly you're climbing together. Exactly. That, and that is kind of how it works for me. Uh, we do bring in other friends. Uh, Grant Myers, for example, lives in Bellingham and, and some others uh, up that way. Uh, I live down in Vancouver, Washington. So uh, I don't, I don't get connected with those guys too much, but I do go to the Bulger parties. I love, I love the Bulger parties. <laughs> Hey, are you going to go this year? Maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> I'm not a finisher. I I, uh, I I can't go. I mean, I could probably show up and everybody that knows me that knows I'm not a finisher would be like, what is he doing here? <laughs> uh, no, actually not. It's, you don't have to be a finisher. You have to be just like us, a, a hiker, peak bagger, mountaineer, whatever you want to be. Uh, they invite everybody. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, because I've had a couple of people that know I. I'm not even focused on the bulgers. This is not really something I'm intending to ever finish. Um, but people that know I'm not 
will tell me, Hey, you should go to the party. I'm like, I'm not a finisher. <laughs> like, and I feel weird showing up. So well, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big uh, event. Uh, there's lots of people there. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, you get to see the, uh, the presentations of the people who finished that year and they all required to have one. And, um, and you get to see a bunch of old friends and most of the people that are, are there are never going to finish. So, so. Oh, really? Okay. Well, great. Now I've got an invite from you. So if I show up and people give me a hard time, I said, well, Bob invited me. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'll forward you the announcement and the invitation. Yeah, yeah. please do. I'd love that. Yeah. So what, uh, what do you love most about being in the mountains? What it, what gets? Why do you keep going back, peak after peak after peak after peak? You're not, and and you're not. Let's be honest. I'm not a young guy. You're not a young guy. It gets a lot harder as we get older. Well, especially this summer. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, my my uh, aortic valve started to really. Uh, no, not do too well. Let's put it that way. I was sucking wind like crazy this summer and I had to quit because I went back to my cardiologist and they said, yeah, you better stay home. And uh, so we're going to we're going to have that taken care of, hopefully real soon. But uh, yeah, it got, it does get harder. I uh, I have done pretty well, I think, for my age. I guess I don't mind telling people I'm 76. And I think you're about 57. Very good. I am 57. I'll be 58 in December. Yeah. I, I, there, there was a period over this summer where I felt a lot older than I heard, yeah, I heard but I'm starting to come. I'm starting to feel good again. So good. Well, I hope you, I hope you come back strong. I, uh, at age 57 was, um, when I finished the Washington County high point. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you. You're, I, hey, you're doing amazing. Not, at your age, at any age, I guess. I yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not a, a not a Jason Hardrat, but uh, <laughs> his name comes up a lot on these podcasts. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, it was good to see watch watch that uh, podcast. That was really yeah, it was cool. great. I I loved talking with him. He's quite the guy. I've been to I've been to Bonanza, Oregon, by the way, where he lives, but I haven't met him, seen him there. Anyway, uh, or where he where he works anyway. Uh, you know, um, I, I can't imagine anything I would rather do, you know, oh. I mean, I have some, I'm, I have some retirement projects, but they get interrupted extremely easily when I want to go to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're, they're all wonderful. I mean, I'm putting a bunch of trip reports now on peakbagger.com, uh, just because I never had the time to do it before and now I'm doing them. Uh, you know, my memory's shot, but, <laughs> but, you know, and that's fun, but nothing like uh, packing up and going out and doing a trip and picking up another 10 or 12 peaks, you know, 15. That's funny. I, I actually said that to, to my wife. I was like, my God, I got to get healthy. This uh, staying home and working around the house, doing all these chores and stuff. This is for the birds. Like I need to get healthy and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, it, it, it's hard often for people to pin down one person that's been most influential and in helping them. Is, is there someone that you look to as, 
really your your mentor i i know you talked about your father um starting you in hiking early on at early age and he was a hiker and he even hiked on the pct in his 70s right yeah he fi- he finished the washington section um of the pct not in once you know he did it in segments over you know i don't know 40 years or something probably or th- is it 30 i don't remember exactly no it was over 40 years I uh, started in the 40s, finished in 93. And, you know, he climbed Glacier Peak twice. He climbed all the rest of the volcanoes in Washington and also Hood, but that was it. He didn't do much else in the way of climbing. His older brother did. He was a member of the Mountaineers. Okay. And they took me, uh, he and, and my aunt took me uh, on quite a, f- on a number of trips when I was young, in my 20s including the one that I don't know if you've read the story yet, probably not, but I, I sent you, a, I, I put a link, link in there for my 1975 trip. And then, I did. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. And uh, so that they, they, they are inspirational in a sense um, uh, to me. I, I had some run-ins with them as well. <laughs> talk about, you talk about, you know, compatibility. Right. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even work with your loved ones. Right. So <laughs> But they were very inf- influential. I, I, you know, I look at people um, different. You know, I, Jim Whitaker was a major hero uh, back in the day in '63 when he went to Everest, and uh, uh, you know, Ed Veesters. Uh, I, I, I use I use his I use his thing. You know, the summit is optional. Getting home in one warm piece. I added a little bit to it. Getting home <laughs> in one warm piece is That's mandatory. <laughs> So yeah, we set turnaround times because of that philosophy. And of course, I didn't really get it from Ed, but it's good to have a, a major voice saying things like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, there's other guys that I've met and climbed with that are amazing. Uh, Bob Packard. Okay, if you ever look on peakbagger.com and you want to see who's doing a lot of stuff, you know he's like number three in the number of peaks that he's done over seven thousand. And uh, there's, yeah, look at, look on the, well, I don't know how, you look at climbers. Yeah. If you look at the climbers menu on peakberry.com, you go there and uh, you can click on some links that show who has the most numbers of peaks, who has the most uh, unique peaks as well as a sense. Yep. And he's way up there. Um, I've, I've actually been on mountains with him. Uh, and uh, so, you know, just, that uh influence of doing so much and now he's gonna uh, he's gonna do way 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 more than i ever will bob martin same thing uh so those are the kind of guys that uh, that uh, kind of formed my mind about what i would like to do with my with my hobby so yeah so um to help you uh, prepare for your mount uh, for mountains and cl- and climbing what, what do you do to stay in shape? Uh-huh. Do you just, some people just, that's what they do. Uh, that's what I do. I hike and I climb and that's how I stay in shape. Um, I, I can't get away with that. <laughs> I have to train and have to at least do other things. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm unique, probably not. I, I hate repeat uh, doing things over and over and over and over again. I just don't like it. So for me to go to the gym would just be like death. I, I would hate that. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, I do a lot of hiking. We live near the Columbia River Gorge. There's lots of vertical there and lots of trails and 
you can go there and just push them as hard as you can and carry a bigger pack, that sort of thing. Uh, in 1990, though, uh, I, I got pneumonia really bad and it scared me to death. I thought I was going to die. And uh, finally I said, you know, I'm going to be a lot stronger after this. And I went out that year and did a ton of backpack trips and um, and started running in September for the first time in my life. Uh, and I ran, you know, trained with running for years after that until my my muscles wouldn't take it any longer. They kept getting in, giving me injuries. So I had to quit. But but that, I'll tell you, was the best thing I ever did for myself was running. Running. Uh, yeah. Running. Yeah. And I did you know, a number of Hood to Coast relay races. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Such yeah. a fun, fun race. I've, I've done it a few times. In fact, we were going to try and get in with a PNW Peak Baggers team oh, nice. um, this year and didn't make it. Uh, I, I'd love to put another. So we'll we'll try again next year. I'd love to put together a team. It would be fun. I, I haven't done it in years, but I had a blast. I, oh, I did no. four four times. When when did you do it? Um, I would have done it. Um, like 99 or 99 in the next four years, uh, 99, 2000, 2001, two and threes, something like that. My, my last one was 99. We probably met. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been funny? Yeah. What was it? Do you remember what your team name was? <laughs> uh, I, I did it with uh, three or four different teams. Yeah. And I don't okay. remember the names of any of them. So. Yeah, that was a great. And then I did a I did a half marathon at a seven thirty five pace. I thought that was pretty good for a forty six wow, year old. Wow, that is good. Or a 40, 44 year old, and I didn't think that was too bad. And you know, so th when I was running, my my climbing and backpacking, my leg strength, my my cardiovascular, and all that stuff was so much better. Yeah. And than it had been before, and I haven't really totally lost all that, even though I can't run now. So. Yeah, I think that it seems to be pretty clear. The one thing that translates really easily and directly to to hiking and climbing is running. If you can do it and your body can handle it, um, it's it's a it's a great thing to be doing. Do you do you um, do you have any uh, nutritional stuff that you follow? Or are you pretty particular about what you do before climb and, and during and after or just whatever, whatever strikes you? Well, here's the deal. I, my parents raised me vegetarian, no less. I've never eaten a well, I've eaten a few bites of, of meat, but not too many. Oh, I didn't my, know that. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I can't help but think that it's actually helped. Um, I've looked into this blue zone stuff where they talk about the what the places in the in the world who where, where people live longer and and in one of those cases they they live they have about the same kind of diet I do. My dad didn't die till 107, and he. I, I when I saw that I was like, well, you you got plenty of years left to climb. That, well, I hope so. Um, it, it hurts more, you know. But... <laughs> Uh, but you know, and, and, and I think there's something to that, uh, as far as, you know, you're eating the, the stuff that comes right out of the ground, it's fresh, it's got all the nutrients there. You get them in your body as opposed to trying to get them out of some other creature's body. And, and I think, I think there's actually a big, huge advantage to that, but that's a whole different matter. I'm not a nutritionist. 
<laughs> but uh, on the other hand, I, I can't complain about it. I mean, I am 76 years old, and uh, usually people fall over dead when, they, when I tell them that. So, <laughs> you, do you um, do you have a summit ritual with uh, like I eat this or I, okay, <laughs> two thumbs up and that's good. And a photo, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I have I have a dear friend here in the in the area that uh, that's when she when she was seeing my pictures with my two thumbs up, and so that's <laughs> a big thing for me. But no, I I no, I don't. I, I, yeah, an apple. I eat an apple on every summit, pretty much. Oh, that's great. I'm from Washington, after all. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So uh, you've been in PNW Peak Baggers uh, since 2019, early, pretty early on. We were probably still a fairly small group then. I mean, it's not like we took off. I, I remember the. I've told people these stories. I remember lots and lots of days where I was just posting any kind of that's why part of the reason why i don't post that much anymore is because i posted so much nonsense in the beginning just to try and get anybody to join in <laughs> on the conversation or post a picture or do anything i'm like i i would make up questions that i didn't even really have just so somebody would you know throw in an answer and contribute um i i it that time in 2019 we couldn't have had four or five hundred members i i wouldn't imagine when you first started what what is it that you love about being in the group well i you know every time i get a notification from either pnw peak baggers or or we like it on top or several others too of course washington hikers and climbers uh i i'm jumping right on them because that, that's that's my most interesting thing in my life you know and uh you always want to see what people are doing and I haven't contributed a whole lot myself, but because uh, most of what I've done is in the past now, you know. And <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's the, the seeing the pictures, especially the places that I've been and re, and reliving it is kind of a cool thing. Oh right, yeah, and, and also uh, just seeing who's doing what, and you know, you you start getting familiar with people. You end up maybe with some of them, you end up making uh, friends with on Facebook. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, it's just, it's my thing, you know, I, I, I really enjoy it. And, um, uh, did I shut off my video? I did, didn't I? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, Bob, we lost you. I don't know what I hit. I, something on the keyboard. So. So what, uh, do you have any, any other hobbies, uh, outside of climbing in the mountains or that people don't well, know about? Uh, you know, I, I guess you could call it hobby. I, nobody will understand this, but I, I love classical music. And, um, so one of my, one of my, uh, uh, bucket list items is, I don't know how many people are going to even understand this, but I, I, <laughs> well, give it a try. <laughs> I, I, one of my bucket list items is to, to see a, a and to attend a concert of a Mahler Gustav Mahler's symphony, all of his symphonies, all of his uh, um, orchestral works, conducted by different con conductors. There's only eleven, uh, and I'm about halfway there. And, uh, and like, I got tickets for a, a, a concert in Cleveland in November, and I've got. Uh, I just was in Seattle for one of those concerts uh, this summer, and and I I've got another. I've had. I already been to one in LA and I'm going to San Francisco in June, next June. 
so that's kind of crazy it's, it's a fun little hobby yeah is that is that uh were your parents did they like classical music is that yeah, where you got did. it from yeah they, that's where i got it um my dad had a collection of old lps you know that uh scratchy mono <laughs> not even stereo at first and you know i'd listen to those i'd play them i played them more than anybody in the house you know and uh, I, I just learned to love it you know so yeah great so getting close to kind of wrapping up here bob thank you uh i always ask these two questions one is your parting piece of wisdom for those who are just getting started on uh, their peak bagging journey you know uh one of the things that i feel like i represent um to the community and to any group that that uh, might get together and want to do more more bagging of peaks or more just mountaineering it, i think i represent the low skilled types who need if they need encouragement to 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 continue to try to learn and to, to have more experiences uh i'm an i'm a case in point um you know i I just learned by a lot of experience, but also by that training I got way back when. So take a take a uh, basic mountaineering course if you want to do this kind of thing. You, if you want to go farther than that, great. Uh, but get off trail. And uh, when you get off trail, be sure you know what you're doing. Don't go out there thinking, oh, well, this is easy. Uh, you know, I, I ran into a guy on Mount Adams, one of my climbs on Mount Adams. We were on our way down. It was October, it was cold. Uh, we had, you know, over, we had our big pack, well, not big packs, we had day, day packs, but we had a lot of gear. We were going down. It wasn't really cold yet, but it was going to get cold. We, there was a guy going up in, in his sneakers. I said, Where are you, where <laughs> I are you from? That so often. Yeah. Where are you from? He said, Iowa. I said, <laughs> where are you going? Up to the summit. It's just right there. You know, we were clerking. <laughs> you know, and, and and any number of bad things can happen, including just a, some fog bank moving in and not and getting disoriented. And, you know, use the technology, learn how to do the maps with the, with the compass in case the technology fails. Also, get an inReach uh, uh, subscription. I uh, I got a forty seven thousand dollar helicopter ride for twelve hundred bucks uh, <laughs> because of inReach. Uh, so, uh, you know, take. Take care of yourself, but get the skills over time and get off trail. Because getting on trail is great. Off trail is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really good advice. Yeah, thank you. I think one of the things I love the most about doing these uh, member profiles is I th the encouragement that uh, people are offering for others and the breaking down that misconception that a lot of people think I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And you listened to Selena last uh, on the last episode and she talked about her fears and overcoming all kinds of obstacles. And you've talked about that yourself here. So the people who think they can't do that, they can, it just takes work and it takes commitment and it takes overcoming some of those fears. It takes investing in the skills and the training necessary to be able to go out and get hundreds of peaks. It just doesn't happen overnight. So, so as a peak bagger, here's one of my here's my favorite line: "So many mountains, 
so little time <laughs> there you go that's a that's a great way to wrap her up bob so if uh, somebody you're on social media so if somebody wants to connect with you how do they do that how do they follow you're also on peakbagger.com peakbagger.com you can send me an email on there if you're a member of course uh just go to my page and there's a place where you can write an email uh also of course on facebook um and so you can find me there on uh, on on several of the groups including pnw peak bagger so great great well bob thank you so much i really enjoyed talking to you i look forward to seeing it at, at the bulgers party <laughs> uh, for uh those of you who are watching us on youtube uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification uh bell so that you get updated whenever we have new episodes that we uh load up here for you if you're just if you're listening to us on spotify and or apple make sure you follow us same thing you'll get notified when a new episode is loaded we'll, we'll try and get these out pretty regularly every couple of weeks maybe is would be the goal and um, that'll give you a real uh, good cross section of the members uh, as well as they do impart some pretty good advice as bob has done here today um we're also on all kinds of other social media we're on reddit that's a new one for us and seems to be picking up a lot of steam a lot of people like that forum and that kind of format for communicating and learning more about peak bagging um, we are on Instagram and we have a website. Uh, website's a great place for uh, finding some content that you can't find either in the Facebook group, which is really where most of our activity and communication happens. So if you're if you're new and this is your first time listening to us, check out the Facebook group because we've got we're over 10,000 members there now. Um, we have a great forum for connecting with other people, learning new skills, getting beta and trip reports, all the stuff that people love the most. So um, thanks again for listening. Thanks, Bob, for uh, joining us. I really appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll see you out in the mountains. <laughs>